Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. Today is Thursday, November 2nd. 2023. Hope everybody's doing well. We are coming off of a, a really good performance by the Texas Rangers. In fact, if you listened to the show last week, we actually uh, did say Rangers in five, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. But during the game, we're, I'm going to share with you some of the discussion that I had with my man, Pop DiBiase, who is uh, here with me to talk sports for the next hour. And I was of the position that the Texas Rangers did a really good job and they handled everything in front of them. They matched one of those legendary Yankee teams in the number of consecutive road wins. And ultimately, that's what won them the World Series, was getting through each and every series, winning on the road, and they matched, and they bashed, and they scored enough runs, and their pitching came through, even though they didn't get a lot out of Scherzer. Obviously, DeGrom has been out, so he's not really even a factor at all. You know, they got a lift from Jordan Montgomery, who they got from the Cardinals at a midseason trade. But overall, man, their, their pitchers all came together. Starters, relievers, bullpen, Leclerc, you name it. And they were the better team this series by far. Now, counterpoints which Pop will present, start with the premise that they faced an inferior Diamondbacks team. 84-win Diamondbacks team, wildcard team, team. But hey, man, we're talking about a five seed going up against a six seed. So we're not talking about like a number one seed, and I'm trying to say that they're an all-time great. I'm saying this was a five seed who beat a six seed along the way. They won some big games. And let's not underestimate this sixth seed in the Diamondbacks. They did knock off the two best teams in the National League, did they not? So that's kind of my position. What say you, Pop? Well, they didn't beat the Braves. So, you know, I don't think they would have beat the Braves in that series either, to be honest with you, Mike. Because I, I, apologize. I, meant, I apologize. I meant the two best teams in pitching, you know, with the Dodgers and the Brewers. Yeah, yeah, no, but no, he, no, Mike, you were right. The, 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 the NL was the Dodgers, the Braves, and the Phillies. And the other three were just, thank you for coming out. That's how That, that was the first idea we had about the, the, the playoffs this year. And the thing is, is that you have a, a, a Diamondbacks team that played, this is what I said last night. And, you know, I'm, I was kind of saying it in, in a fun way because everybody's always dogging the Dodgers in the 2020 uh, championship and da-da-da-da-da. And then they kind of, you know, um, you know how everybody always wants to put an asterisk next to a championship. So I was goofing last night and I said that, yes, the Rangers won the championship, but they beat a team that got hot at the right time and went on a run at the right time. That's exactly who the Diamondbacks were. They were never one of the better teams in the uh, NL. They were a 
champion of circumstance. That's what they truly were. And I truly do feel that the Rangers, when you really think about it, before they ran into their little bumps in the road, they were on their way to being the number one team in the AL. They were doing record. They had a record breaking offense. And this was right after DeGrom had had been ruled out for the season as well, too. So I was I would say this, the American League's best the american league six that they had in the playoffs all those teams had a possibility of winning their division title it took five out of those uh those it took four out of those four out of those six teams to get settled by that end weekend you know seattle was a half a game as it was seattle was very close to making sure either texas or houston didn't get to the playoffs they was one it was a half a game differential between them so right, the only team that was solidified was the twins, but everybody else, like you're saying, right. was yeah. Was everybody else, everybody else had to fight. Come on, right. you, 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 look at the uh, AL East. Mike, we talked about the AL East every single week is the best division in baseball. Then it wound up the best three teams in the div- in in the whole American League wind up playing in the American League the last two months of the season, and they have a a, a, a three headed uh, race to see who's going to win. And then you have a. Uh, Rays team that front front who were a front runner the whole season, and then the Orioles were right there nipping at your butt, and just like in horse racing, Mike, when we got two horses going head to head, there you go. Orioles went ahead and caught the momentum, as we would say at the track, they would have been a thirty to one favorite, and they caught the momentum at the right time because they were in the right race against the right team. They weren't going to be able to do something like that against the Yankees or the Red Sox if they went head-to-head with them. You can do it with the Rays. You can do it with the Blue Jays. And the Blue Jays really were the better team out of both of them. But the Blue Jays just did never could get consistent. So that's where I say, okay, the American League was a real stretch to get to. The only team that was established, but they were the worst team in the group, was the Twins. Mm-hmm. The Twins losing to um, Houston was damn near formality. And then when the Rangers beat the Rays, this is when we knew that the Rangers were serious because they didn't just beat the Rays, they whooped them. And the Rays were seen, were the number one team in the AL for five months of the season until we got to September. They were in the number one spot. And then they had a, then they had a face-off weekend with uh, the Orioles, and the Orioles won the series. And the Orioles were fell into the first-place spot. But they weren't ready for that situation either because then Texas goes in there and beats them. So Texas did show that they were the best team in the AL because they beat both of those – teams and they beat them thoroughly because they were a top team in the AL. Now mm-hmm. the Diamondbacks don't get that same pleasure. They were a top team for May. That's it. And then the Dodgers was like, hey, we're back. Thanks for keeping the seat warm for us. And then here comes the uh the 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 this Padre. I'm mean, not the Padre, but the Giants came up in there. Hey, you know what? You know we always chase the Dodgers. So move out the way for a little while. And then San Diego tried to make a run in September. So you know, they got they were fortunate circumstance. As I keep telling everybody, the Cubs had a bad week. Diamondbacks get into the playoffs. You know what I mean? But they were a dangerous team because they play baseball the way baseball is supposed to be played. You're supposed to have your speed guys up at top. 
your power guys in, in the middle, and your contact hitters at the bottom of the lineup. You know, not this BS that other teams do. Oh, let's put the 30, 35 home run hitter at the uh, in the one hole, but he doesn't steal any bases. Okay, we're just trying to get an early home run. You know what I mean? Like, look, literally, this was a great playoff, but the Diamondbacks falling the way that they did, it, you started seeing, yeah, man, these guys were not anywhere capable of ever winning this World Series. And when you really line up every team in the AL right now, they weren't going to beat any of them, even the Twins. And it's just because they're a young team that got ahead of themselves. But that's but, great. But why would baseball. they beat the Phillies? Why would they beat the Phillies and not the Twins? Well, the Phillies situation, what I think what happened with the Phillies was the Phillies got cute. They got cute, Mike. Come on. They had just came off of a great win in Arizona. So you're telling yourself it's Rock City out here in Philly, Broad Street, Bullies, our crowd, once they start screaming and yelling, they'll panic. It's okay. We'll get them out of here. And then when the, they went in there laser-focused and didn't let that crowd affect anything that they were doing, Boom, you get a close win in game six. Boom, game seven, you literally took the momentum when you beat them in game six because they had the idea they were going to win game six. And when you have the idea you're going to win game six, you usually get, lose game seven. But, I mean, and the point I'm trying to make is that we could keep going on, right? Like, wh how, why do you think they can beat the Dodgers and not, and not the Twins? How, why do you think they can beat the Brewers and not the Twins? Like, we could carry it out and look for the excuses every time. Maybe it's a possibility that because they have so many young guys, it's kind of like a horse in this uh, two- and three-year-old campaign. They get better, right? A horse right. right now is a lot better than they were during the season. They need a derby because they're young and they're learning. So could it be the case that the Diamondbacks uh, just – it's not that they only got hot, but these young guys who are – in the league for the first time, and they have several of those kind of guys like Corbett Carroll and, and Alex Thomas, et cetera, who are just super young, who hadn't even faced all the teams yet until later during the season. Maybe they've just developed and they're going to pick up where they left off next year. I don't know. It's a possibility. It's just, you know what it was? It was a, it was a quiet confidence that this team had in themselves. And then it became a loud confidence that this team had as they kept moving along and moving along. But, you know, there was a lot of luck that got them to where they needed to get to. And beating sure. the Dodgers, beating the Dodgers is not, it should not be the biggest shock in the world. That's what happens when you go against a division foe. These things happen where when you play that division foe, you have the extended uh you have the extended um scouting report. So you're gonna have the advantages. And they knew exactly how to attack the Dodgers, and the Dodgers were caught at the wrong moment. You got five days off and you still couldn't get your pitchers healthy. See? And then, you know, I was the only idiot up here. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Don't worry about it. We got enough pitching. No, we didn't have enough pitching. We didn't have the, the starters that we needed to have there. We didn't have the veterans that we needed to have there. That's why the Rangers won, because they had veteran pitchers. It didn't matter who they were in the past. It's about who they are right now. And you didn't mention them, but Evaldi was the absolute ace of the staff throughout the playoffs. And John Gray, I think he was hurt coming in, but John Gray was the absolute 
um, you know, the vessel that kept this pitching rotation going. I would say Valdi and, and um, Gray are some of the biggest things that you can have for this team even getting to the playoffs this year because they were the most consistent pitchers. You know, Max Scherzer just kind of rode the wave and rode a train to get here. Max Scherzer was not a good pitcher this year, but he was a good leader. Not going to say he was he was all the way bad, but his leadership helped this team for what they needed. You needed a guy to say, man, we got this. We got, man, confident, confident players. And that's why they won. And Corey Seager, man, well, that was supposed I'm to be right here to the diamond, bro. Yeah, Corey Seager eats the Diamondbacks for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And the Dodgers know this for facts that the one thing that Corey brought to the table was destroying division rivals. And he destroyed every single one of them whenever he had an opportunity to. His best stats came against the NL West. And then him beating up on the team that he used to beat up on all the time in the same stadium, he hit. I don't know how many times Cody hit a home run to that spot and he hits it right to that spot. The Dodgers are up in here. You know, their boy Mookie hits, comes up in here and falls short in the same spot. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something right about that point, because uh, I feel you when it comes to Sager because of the guy you just mentioned, Mookie Betts. I love Mookie Betts. I was so disappointed to see him go. I, and, and so, clearly, if the Dodgers weren't so high on Gavin Lux, they would have made sure to keep Sager. But they, because they were high on Lux, and then we all know what happened to him, um, that's the reason that they let Corey Sager walk. I, I hope the MLB can make it more team-friendly to sign their own guys, to, to, to re-sign their own superstars. Right, like the NBA. Why don't we just bar Scott Boris? Because that's the reason why the Dodgers don't have Cody, and that's the reason why the Dodgers don't have Corey right now. But go ahead. True, true. But a big part of it is hey, if we could get the same production from Lux or close to it, what the hell do we need to shell out 300 million for Corey Sager? Or why should we shell out all that money from Betts when Alex Verdugo could potentially win the batting title? Or whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever the rationale. Yeah, we're giving up a little bit, but what we're getting back, with what we're getting back, we could spend the same $400 million on a lot of other stuff. It's a dangerous mentality to get to because at the end of the day, you're an MLB team. You're going to be shelling out a lo- load of money. You're going to be writing paychecks to a whole bunch of people. And it's harder to find the highest and the top tier superstars than anything else. It's easy to find like a bunch of above average players. You can find those up and down every roster. Everybody in the MLB is good, but to find that rare superstar, the guy that can carry a team like Sager did in the playoffs, that's rare, man. And in my mind, MLB ought to look at ways to make it more team friendly to make sure that, the teams that develop these guys through their own minor league system can retain them. I think that would be good for the game. And it's definitely what the fan base wants. I'm sure everybody that watched Sager that's a Dodger fan was happy for him, but also pissed at the Dodgers. He should be in Dodger blue. That's kind of my point. 
because that was how right. I felt with Mookie, Mookie Betts. I rooted the reason I rooted for the Dodgers was because of him. Because right. I love Mookie. You know what I mean? So that's that's something that baseball I think should be addressing. But I jumped in because I wanted to make that point. Uh, if I didn't, if I didn't throw you off, uh, please keep going. Well, you know, what's calling? No, nah, you didn't throw me off at all, man. Um, I would just say that, you know, Corey is just, you know, it's just beautiful to see that Corey was able to be successful and help the Rangers be successful because, you know what, I loved every move the Rangers made in the last two years. I thought that was a team that was trying to go somewhere, and I thought that was the right thing to do because you have a brand-new stadium. You're trying to make sure this stadium is going to work just like the last one down the street. You know, the ballpark in Arlington became an absolute MLB gym for the time it was uh, prevalent. Now they've moved over uh, down the street to this Global Life Park, and that's pretty fun as well, too. I've been there for a game, and um, it's a lot of fun. It's a great uh, fan experience and things like that. It's not a big, big uh, stadium, but, you know, pretty much it's a stadium that is brand It's new. It's it, it's vibrant and it's right there at Texas Live. So there's a lot of good things going on for that group. And you know what? They know how to go ahead and sell some seats. That's what really going to get in Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, uh, DeGram was all about was getting the names that you need to go ahead and add with this already good, talented group that you have. Because we all know the Rangers are always going to have some hitters. We know this. They always are going to develop some hitters. And what it's always been with them was the pitching. And the pitching came along this year. I felt like they really invested highly in the pitching the last two years. You know, you bring in Evaldi. You bring in Gray. You trade for Montgomery. You trade for Scherzer. You want to make sure that you got a rotation that matches your hitters because that's how you're going to be successful in this league. And that's exactly what the Rangers did to have a great season that they had this year. They pretty much did exactly what the Astros did when they made their come up. And pretty much but the Astros didn't spend that much on free agents, but they did bring up superstar minor league players and that's worked and then they traded for really great pitching and then they signed some great pitching as well too so you know there's a lot of things that just went well for texas this year but at the same time too you're dealing with the yankees and the red sox on a down year you also have it somewhat for a down year for the central division because they didn't send their best and in reality, even though I was heavy on Minnesota and I even said Minnesota was had some of the best pitching and everything like that, we know that the the normal person the normal team that usually gives everybody fits is Cleveland or you can send in the White Sox. But the Twins are always a team that is always a group that, you know, hadn't won a playoff game in 17 years. You never take them that seriously. So right. you there was a lot of things that played into it, but then it always circles back to the Blue Jays being an utter failure and it just being like, wow, you guys had all the star power to get the right ratings for the World Series this year. If anybody, if you really had to say, okay, who do you need to make the World Series this year I said, to, to get the, the best possible ratings, I would have said Blue Jays, Dodgers, simply because the Blue Jays have Vlad Jr., Dante Bichette, and Shet's kid, 
um, George Springer and it's Canada. You'll have the whole country of Canada watching the, uh, the matchup. And with the Dodgers, it speaks for itself, the biggest market that was left in the playoffs. So, you know, that would have been the one that you needed to have. But the best competitive one would have been possibly the Rangers and the Braves because that well, Let's leave that on the other side of the commercial break, Pop, because that's a very interesting point as well. You know, uh, and I, and I want to bring up something that you said earlier before the playoffs started, which is MLB got it right. So let's talk about that. Let's take a quick timeout, and we'll come back. We'll pick up from where we left off talking about MLB. It's a it's a season that should be celebrated, a World Series that should be celebrated. I think MLB is healthy. Stay with us. We'll keep on the same topic right after this. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the Mike Abadir Show. Mike Abadir, Pop DiBiase, talking baseball, talking World Series, talking everything else in the sports world. Pop you had said that MLB, the playoff format worked. I think those were your exact words. It worked. Yep. Worked the way it was supposed to. They got what they bargained for, so to speak. Yep. How do you yep. feel now after the World Series? Do you still feel the same it, way? It worked, but then at the same time, it kind of worked against them. Because what happened was is that you presented us with a team that just wasn't wasn't the 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 right fit for the World Series. They were a great 
they were a great championship series team. But really, the Phillies failed us all, to be honest with you, Mike, because Phillies, Texas would have been fun because you could play up the whole Cowboys versus Eagles uh, thing, the whole Philly versus Dallas thing, which is always fun. You know what I mean? And I think it would that could have sold better on Fox. You know what I mean? But I say the playoffs got it right because it gives chance it gives the fans a chance to really dream that, hey man, we got in as the six seed, but that doesn't mean we're just here to say here for a cup of tea. We're here to be to actually end this thing. And the Diamondbacks proved to the world that you can be a little six seed like them and find yourself in the fall classic with the opportunity to win the game, win the series, because let's keep it real. The first two games of the series, we easily could have been two Oh, we easily could have been two Oh, because what happened diamondbacks blew the lead in game one and pretty much had to split the series. But say if we would have went two Oh to Arizona, Arizona would have been even more confident going into the uh, series. So that's what makes it fun because at least we had the drama for the first three games, Mike, you know what I mean? Okay, but, first- let me, but let me ask you, let me ask you though, because you're, you're, you're making a, making a lot of points and I want to be able to address some of them. Uh, in a timely manner before I forget. So I want to go back to what you said like about 45 seconds ago when you're talking about the, the seedings and things of that nature. Uh, you, you know, how did you feel when the Milwaukee Bucks won the finals? How did you feel when Miami, uh, when the Miami Heat were the eighth seed and got to the finals? These things happen. The Bucks were right. like a third seed, though, right? Though, Mike, they weren't right. like a low seed. That wasn't like right. But, was you're talking, but you're talking about the types of teams that get in the finals. What would make the NBA happy? Or what would make base, Major League Baseball happen? Happy, of course. If the Phillies get their MLB stoked, right? It, look, MLB right. would only MLB or NBA would only want East Coast and West Coast, and nothing to do with with Middle America, unless you have the best player in the world, like Michael Jordan with Chicago. Right, right. But but if you don't have that, it's East Coast, West Coast. NBA maybe a little bit different because West Coast to them isn't Sacramento Kings. NBA is about who's the, NBA is about who's the stars, and Giannis is a star, and Chris Paul was a star. So the Phoenix Suns and Bucks playing against each other in a series is fine. But there's not a lot of people that really are Milwaukee Bucks fans. Right, but they're Giannis fans, though. You know what I mean? You have to understand the NBA is a global thing right now. You know, baseball is not on that level yet. And so it's a global thing. So you have a lot of people who are going to be interested in watching Giannis play in the finals. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter who he's playing for. He just plays for the Bucks, and they happen to be from Milwaukee. But, you know, got the Arizona Diamondbacks, a team that barely makes the playoffs, a team that they do not show on Fox on Saturday afternoons, then you get a little, you, 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 you're a little like, huh? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, you at least get the Rangers once every, every two months, but you don't get the Diamondbacks, bro. You don't, you know what I mean? So yeah, you know, all in all though, man, I know that, you know, you look at the, the, the market, the ratings, things like that. But I said that it gives these fans and baseball fans, it's it's more local than anything now. So it's gonna give your 
your local fan base or, or the state that adrenaline that it needs. You know what I mean? Because it's not about the stars. You know, the NBA has to have the stars be in the biggest games. The NFL has to have the stars be in the biggest game. It's not about the best teams. You know what I mean? And baseball doesn't have star power anymore. Let's keep well, you're it talking about the You're talking about the global thing, though. And I, I would I would kind of push back on that just a little bit in that, yes, the NBA is is global. It's global where MLB isn't global. And MLB is global where the NBA maybe isn't global. And what I mean by that is MLB rules in Latin America, in South America, in Japan. NBA doesn't rule in those areas, but the NBA does rule in China. The NBA does rule in some of the European countries. You know, uh, that's why you got a lot of Lithuanian-type players and people from Serbia and that type of thing. And MLB doesn't have any presence over there at all. I would say both are global, but in different regions of the world, right, different but, countries. Right? But which, which one presents the star power, the draw? NBA. The, the one NBA. that we're going to go watch the game, the, the, one, the reason why we tune into the game, because honestly, if it's going to be the Thunder versus the, uh, the Thunder versus the Orlando Magic, none of us care. You know what I mean? That wouldn't even be an interesting final. You know what I mean? But if you get Giannis versus uh, LeBron, oh, my God. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. That's Bird versus, that's like Bird versus Magic. MJ versus uh, Magic. MJ versus Drexler. You know what I mean? Because you can base it on a one-on-one situation in basketball. In football, you can do the same thing. But in baseball, it's always about the team or it's always about the pitcher versus batter matchup. And you know what? I think that baseball is slowly starting to become what we want it to be because they're taking their time. Other sports are kind of, you know, they got to have everything now. You know what I mean? And I think that baseball knows that let's go ahead and cultivate our stars. Let's build them up. Let's figure out ways to get them more accessible on the internet, not TV, but more accessible on the internet. And then we can go ahead and start telling great stories because I feel like there's 30 young players right now that can carry the MLB for the next decade. What do you mean by internet? Like short clips? Yeah, short clips, guys doing fun, goofy stuff, you know what I mean? And I think we got the right type of group that can go ahead and do that in the way that the MLB will need them to promote the game. Yeah, because they're not as uptight as the previous generation of players are. Right. right? Can and you imagine the previous generation being okay with like guys dancing and stuff, doing these TikTok things, Joey Votto type stuff? They go crazy about somebody like that, right. you know? But, They've loosened but, up now. But I'm the type, too, though, that says that there's a time and place for it. You know what I mean? Like, there's a time and place for it. Like, I understand we do it when we won the game, but don't do that. Don't do it at the top of the third inning, dog, and we're, we're only up a run. You know right. what I mean? And then you're talking. Well, I'm then, even talking about off-field, though. You know how, like, Votto does a lot of things off-field, and, uh, you know, he did some kind of dance where he's lip-syncing and stuff like that. In the past, teams, like, old-school players would be like, what the what the F yeah. are you doing, man? I think <laughs> that, and I think that what happens too, though, is that these MLB guys spend more time in the community than the other athletes nowadays. They didn't do that before. The other athletes used to be the guys in the community all the time because they had to sell their sport. Baseball didn't have to sell itself. That's why they think baseball has an engagement problem. Baseball is is pretty much like a is a is is in and out. And they don't want to put chicken tenders on the menu, okay? 
We'll go ahead and have secret menu for you, but we're not switching away from what works, okay? That's the biggest thing that's wrong with football and basketball. You oversaturating the sports with everything and trying to get everybody involved to the point to where you're going to run yourself into the ground. Because now you got players begging for – now you got players saying that they won't sign unless they get ownership. Come on. Come on. And they think that them being the draw is bigger than – the owner being able to pay everybody on the uh, on the uh, that works for the team, they literally want to get thirty percent of whatever the team is making, and they don't. And we need these guys to understand that the sports stars come and go. It's one injury and it's over with. So giving you a portion of the team is giving you too much because you haven't earned the right to that, buddy. And I think by everybody watching Winning Time and things like that, the Mag- the Laker uh, situation, and seeing the 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 point of the show when Magic had his contract talk with um, Jerry Buss, that you know everybody got this idea that if me and the owner are really cool, he might give me a piece of the team. What people have to understand is Jerry Buss was a maverick, and he was a guy that was really into being fresh and new, and he really knew that. I have to do something like this with the Magic Johnson so it can be bold, so it can put some eyes on the sport and make it go forward so then it doesn't go bankrupt. And that's what he did to save a league. You can't do that nowadays with all the TV deals y'all getting, all the sponsorship partnerships y'all getting. Man, there's people that have to get paid. There's maintenances that have to be done with the stadium. So paying you guys and paying you guys a king's ransom to play a game and then you go out there and get hurt or then you're sitting around hanging out in clubs doing doing the most you know being extorted doing all types of things that where you're messing my money up and so now you're asking for ownership this is what i keep saying to people about the nba they don't care about wimby they don't care about luca they know that they're not better than the best kids from america they sell them because they're cheaper and they're not asking for ownership that's they're trying to teach everybody a lesson that look, well, that's funny about the Caleb Williams thing too, you know, which we yeah. which we could uh, spend some time on because that's right. That's and to me, you know, so. they want to say it's only one LeBron James, buddy, and you're not it. And LeBron James, we're we're over here looking at him as if, buddy, uh, you've done a great job of selling the league for us, but we don't want to give you no damn team, right? You know, what I mean, How, why would we give you a team and you, you've sat here and maneuvered? The the some of the worst roster moves in NBA history, and you. Well, that's you, why the MLS thing is so like it's going to set a crazy precedent with Messi getting a piece of the Miami franchise. But see, that's different because this is a league that needs to do that with Messi, so then they can become relevant. Just like right. the NBA needed to do that with Magic, so they can become relevant. And Messi is probably the best thing that has ever happened. And they had Beckham, and Beckham right. was. Supposed the best thing that ever happened but Messi did it correctly Messi coming off of being still a great player Beckham wasn't even good anymore when he got to LA Um, no he wasn't Messi's coming off of being a being the best player in the world he's playing in Miami Miami's a hotbed for sports but it's a hotbed for everything else as well too and then you got this league that now has 28 teams in it I couldn't believe it Mike I looked up and I said the MLS is a league now 
It's no more this 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 kind of buddies meeting up and traveling to different states anymore. This is twenty eight goddamn teams in this league, and sure. they're everywhere. And dude, I'm gonna be honest with you. Somebody's about to get pushed out for them. Somebody's getting pushed out, and I don't know who it's gonna be. And they're all jousting right now. Baseball, basketball, foot well, football. You you're good, but baseball, basketball. Hockey, they're all jousting because one of them got to go. Think about that. One of them got to go. Because if soccer topping out all, all three, y'all, because they got the international audience. Well, Messi well not, not just that, but like in terms of playing, there's a lot more parents now that aren't letting their kids play football. Let's be real about that, right? So there's, so then so then if you want to play sports, Sonny, you're going to need to play soccer or baseball. Unless you're like really tall, then basketball. soccer or basketball, uh, because you don't have to go get equipment. You just roll the ball out. Yeah, well, it kind of depends, I guess, regionally where where, where you are. Um, you right, know, it could you be right, you're right, you're right, you're right. It could right, be baseball, right. it could be basketball. But there's some areas where it's both. Because it it's be tough to just basketball. roll out a baseball bat, a glove, and a ball. You know what I mean? <laughs> Mike, but it's real easy to bust out a basketball on a basketball court. Which baseball has done a pretty good job recently. They took them way too long, but recently building up some programs where they could get gear, where they have fields, where the fields are maintained, et cetera. But yeah, of course, uh, basketball, easy. Soccer, easy. Soccer, you just need anything that rolls and you can make a soccer field out of it. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, so my, my point is you have this next generation that's going to be growing up understanding these other sports. Because a lot of people just didn't understand the nuances in soccer. You know, a lot of people just think, you know, you kick the ball in the net. They have no idea about the intricacies of how to play a team teamwork type of ball game when it comes to soccer. But now you have a lot of people that are growing up with it. So the obvious one that would be getting bounced would be hockey, would, would be what I would think. But at the same time, in those cold states, that's all that they could play is to go into the ice rink. A freezing ice rink is probably the warmest place you're going to get in the middle of winter in Ottawa. As funny as that sounds, right? So, anyways, let's take our last commercial timeout. We'll talk some NFL right after this. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the Show.com. Now, back to this week's program. I think we've covered some fun topics so far, Pop, and uh, I wish, you know, we had a couple of hours to even like dig into them uh, in the depth that you and I can speak about them in, uh, in an intelligent manner. And I think that we could probably do so for a couple of hours apiece on some of these uh, topics, which is, like I said, hopefully audience is enjoying it, hopefully having some fun and well, can my, participate in the my- month. Mike, you're the agent. Make the call. Somebody over at SiriusXM can go ahead and get us on the air. So, <laughs> and we can do a two, two, three hour show, and then we can, you know, flood you with your sponsors and all that stuff that they want. So, you know how it goes, Mike. Give but us more back. time, but give us more time, Voice America. But anyways, we're gonna have to keep a keep it moving. Is kind of the yeah. the point of it all. But we're gonna keep it moving to other fun topics too. So, in the past few weeks. You've heard me kind of being negative Nelly about my own sport, about the NFL. You know, there's not enough quarterbacks. The quarterback play is poor. This week, we don't have any good matchups. I've said that like a bunch of different times. This week, <laughs> we have, this week we have some good matchups. We have oh, some good yeah. matchups this week. Uh, it starts with tonight's game, obviously. And as always, we don't spend too much time talking about Thursday. But, hey, like, uh, there's some intrigue with the Tampa matchup against uh, the Buffalo Bills. Uh, it'll be meaningful in a variety of different ways. Bills don't want to start the uh, sort of second half of the season, I guess, if you want to call it that. Uh, now that it's seventeen, oh, there's no, no Mike, true you halfway for. Isn't that isn't that the game tonight, or am I mistaken? Oh, it's tight. It's tight. Steelers. Bills. Bucks was last week. I apologize. I am stuck it's in the back right. of time. It's my, okay. My, my my head is stuck stuck in uh in in October still, man. It's all good. That's what you got. This is what you got me here for, bro. You know what you call it because you know some some people let you just sit up in here and say saying stuff, but you know Papa ain't gonna let you do that. For yeah. sure, man. I, I appreciate you. See, I never turned the calendar over. I got this calendar on my wall. I never turned it from October to November. So okay, uh, that's my excuse. Uh, so anyways, we we have the probably the game of the week in my opinion, is the Dolphins Chiefs. Now, okay. I, got a big pro- I got a big problem with it. Why the F do we have this thing at 6.30 in the morning Pacific time, 9.30 in the morning Eastern time, this game in Germany? Like, I'm okay. that's a showcase game. Right. And you have it at the butt crack of dawn, especially on a Sunday, where people do, there's some people that still go to church. Yes, there are. You know, um, but this is, and that's the reason why they have one o'clock games all over the country. 
right? Even if it's only 10 over here, it's one over there, right? So people can go get home in time in their local region after whatever they do on Sunday mornings. But this 9.30 a.m. East Coast time, 6.30 Pacific time for the best game of the week, that kind of sucks. I'm just giving you my take on it. I think it kind of sucks. Mike, I'm definitely with you, and I'm telling you right now, I always say if I was an NFL owner, they would hate me at the owners' meetings because the first thing I'm saying to the commissioner dead to his face and to the scheduling committee, don't put my team over in no damn games in Europe. Oh, but we want no. I don't care. You keep sending Jacksonville. Right, keep sending Jacksonville over. Right, you can send Jacksonville because I got eight home games with the loudest, proudest fans there is. They done bought season tickets to be at my stadium to keep my stadium to keep the lights on at my stadium. I ain't taking this over. Uh, this this game over to uh Frankfurt, so you guys can have, so you guys can make all the money off of it. Forget that. You got us in a neutral stadium. You guys get everything off of this. This is this is a pageantry game. What are you trying to sell over here? You know what I mean? If they want to watch the game, they can cut the game on TV like the rest of us. You know, they've gotten it, they've gotten a taste of American football and they don't and they they swear they don't like it. So why do we keep going over there? But all in all, to answer your question, it's an absolute lousy situation putting them over there. But let me give you the reason why they did this. Because they didn't feel that the Dolphins were going to be that good of a team. They just thought they were going to be a good idea. And they had the idea that we're showcasing the Kansas City Chiefs, but let's get a good dance partner over here and say the Miami Dolphins, a beatable team for the Chiefs and a team that we rate as the third best team in the AFC East because they were really putting the Dolphins behind the Jets, which was stupid. But, you know, that's just how the thinking is because but, people, but either way, I don't like, don't like the Daniels. I don't huh? like there's a six thirty. I don't like that either way. I don't like that there's a six thirty a.m. game anyways. Right, just period, point blank. You shouldn't have a six thirty a.m. game. But you know what? The Raiders played a few years back in Frankfurt, and their game was at one o'clock in the afternoon. That's kind of my point. It's like, why are you scheduling it like that? And on top of it, kind of like you're saying, it happened to be a good game. So fine, maybe you couldn't anticipate that it would be as big of a game as it is, the standings and the time of year that it is, etc. But I'd say either way, why the F you guys putting on ball games at this hour? Is it that important for you to brand this in Germany? I'll tell you what, I've, I know people that have gone to some of these games in Europe and outside of the few people that are into stadium, if you walk around Germany and ask, hey, are you excited for the game? They're thinking you're talking about soccer. Like, oh, didn't you know that there's an NFL game here this week? Nope. So, it's kind of like the NFL is trying too hard to make it a global game. It never will be. It never will be. They don't play football in any of those other places. Yeah, the only people that care about it, Pop, are the betters. And there are a lot of people that bet in Europe because gambling's been legal there for ages upon ages. There's casinos in every corner, sportsbooks, I should say, in every corner where you can go play on these NFL games. But otherwise, it's kind of ridiculous branding. But let's keep them moving. Because there are some other good matchups, too. I would say the other two really, really good matchups are the Cowboys and the Eagles, as well as the Bills. Uh, that's the one I was thinking about, was the Bills and the Bengals, not the Bills and the Bucks. Bills and the Bengals, and that's the Sunday night game. Um, so you have really three uh, standings-impactful 
division impactful, conference impactful games that we're talking about here. Let's start with the Cowboys and the Eagles. So I'm going to say unequivocally, Eagles win this game. It's their division. Cowboys are out of it for the division race. Too soon? I don't think so. What about you? Oh, Mike, you, 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 ahead. You, don't put the horse ahead of the cart, brother. Because I'm gonna tell you like this: if anybody is gives the Eagles fits, we can look up the records. I know the Eagles are are the flavor of the month now, but they've had their issues with the Cowboys. The Cowboys know exactly how to come at this team. They know how to shut down Jalen Hurts as well, too. And so Deron Bland has been playing lights out football. And I don't think A.J. Brown's going to be getting uh, juggling catches on him come Sunday. But it's going to be a really good game. I'm not putting the da- Cowboys out of the division yet. I feel like the, the – Even if they lose. Even if they lose. I feel okay. like the, the Dallas – I feel like the Eagles are front-running a little bit. You know what I mean? Once again, they have a great schedule that really caters to them winning a lot of these games. Yes, they've had some tough ones, but most of their games have been games that they're supposed to win. But now that Jets loss is kind of uh, aging well because the Jets are on a three-game winning streak. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you have in play. But I just like to challenge teams that are supposed to be great, Jay, uh, brother. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, Mike, I know that the Eagles are the toughest team. They're the best team in the NFL. I didn't release my rankings uh, yet, but I'll probably just wait till next week. But which call it? I I definitely do feel that the Eagles are the number one team in the NFL right now. So that's why you know it's it, it regardless of anything, they should be the team that wins the East. But you know what? The Cowboys are still going to have some say. It's the Cowboys. Let's move on to the Bills, Bills and Bengals. Really interesting because the Bengals, Bengals. a few Bengals. weeks ago, there a few weeks ago that this was like, you know, Bengals like zero and three, not going anywhere. They look like they were, uh, yeah, just not in sync at all. Now they've got some confidence. They've been winning games. They're actually above 500 now. They're four and three. They've won four out of the last five. And, of course, you're going to feel really good about yourself when you play against San Francisco on the road and you beat them. So this matchup is kind of interesting. This is the rematch of the game that got postponed or canceled last year because of the on-field incident that we all know about on Monday Night Football. No reason to get back into that. How do you see this game playing out? Well, one thing is somebody fall out NBC and canceling the game. I'll tell you that right now. All right? <laughs> so right. that is so we can scratch that out right now. Uh, all, you, uh, all you PC fans that literally ended the game last year, because seriously, you know, when you look at it, you know that was more of a fan fan thing, and the players just got lazy. And I feel like the Bills knew they were going to get their ass kicked. That's why they uh, did what they did. You know what I mean? Because they walked off the field first. Uh, but all in all, though, the Bengals, um, their confidence is coming around. I told all you guys what it was going to be with the Bengals. They're slow cookers. They're not going to start off well. They're going to start getting into their groove mid-October or so, and then they should be able to cut it on in November. But will it be enough time? And it's enough time. They play in the toughest division in football as well, too. So there's a lot of things that check off very well for the Bengals. But the Bills have one of the best teams in football. And I think that they'll be able to make some things happen with the addition of Leonard Fournette coming into that game on Sunday. So I got the Bills actually winning that game on Sunday. 
Okay. And we started off talking about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Miami Dolphins. We were talking about the game time and, and the quality of team, but Dolphins. You, yeah, you really think that the, you really think that the Chiefs have uh, been exploited by the Broncos, or did they just have a bad game? They had a bad game, and if you would have said that they got exploited, they got exploited when they beat them nineteen to eight a few weeks back because the the Broncos had already played the defense that you needed to play to keep Mahomes where you wanted to. They just had a lot of bad mistakes. They were having turnovers in the uh, Chiefs. Uh, side of the field so you know uh like seriously on their own side of the field on their side of the field you know what i mean so you know they kind of handed the chiefs a win in my opinion there and then sunday they came out and russell went uh went right right directly at him and he was able to mince him up a little bit but defense showed up for the uh broncos and it wasn't like you figured them out it's just they had a bad day but if they come into this game and play the same way that they did against the Broncos, they're about to get beat by even more points. And they might not even score because the Broncos defense isn't that great. But Miami, if they start filling themselves in that game, it's going to be curtains. And you got Jalen Ramsey coming back as well, too. Yeah, on that one, I'm, uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins. I think that this I game love has the Dolphins a potential. Yeah, I me too. I think, I think the game has a chance to be a shootout. And if the, if it's if it's a shootout, obviously Mahomes can keep up. But I think that the Dolphins are going to show them like, hey, Ty- Tyreek's our guy. He's going to want to kick some ass, and that we have the better offensive unit. We have better skilled players in each of the positions on offense than you guys do. And if they don't get Pacheco going, uh, I, I think the 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 Chiefs are going to have a tough time putting up thirty five points, which is what they're going to need to do if they're going to beat the Dolphins. Man, this hour has just flown by. We uh, we got we got to come to a close here. Do you have any other plays, really quickly, that you want to fire off? Well, I got one for you that should be a lot of fun. I'm gonna say this: Commanders get right this week. They go ahead and they get themselves a good win. I do not know why this team is uh, gonna is the uh, actual dog in this game, but. You know what? It is what it is. They absolutely cooked the Patriots this weekend. And then my other one that I really like a lot of this weekend is gonna be the um is gonna be the Bucks uh money line as well, too, over the Texans. Because they're okay. pretty good on the road. Three and oh against the spread on the road, two and one straight up. You just stole my thunder. I, I like the Bucks a lot as well. I think te- Texas came off a nice win against Carolina, but the Bucks are a superior team right now. Although I like what the Texans are doing. Uh, so on the road here, I'm going to make a quick declaration that the Giants and the Raiders matchup is maybe the worst matchup between the Giants and the Raiders that you could possibly imagine. We'll see what Antonio Pierce does. I'm happy that they got rid of McDaniels. I'm never rooting for anybody to get fired, but he had to go. Anyways, that's all the time we got for this week, folks. And we Thank better so talk much for- about that next week, Mike. Oh, yeah. We will definitely oh, get into yeah. that next we, week. Because we, we totally skipped that. Because right. I was so thank, okay, thank you to all the listeners. Oh, it's okay, man. We just are short on time. So want to do a quick thank you, shout out to all the listeners. Thank you to Voice America. Thank you, Pop DiBiase. And we will see you all same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. 
Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.